There we are. We're live now. Agnes, how are you doing? I, 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 it's so dark outside. They've already started with the with the daylight savings time. I don't know what to do. How do you feel about it? Do you, is, do you enjoy this? Time to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like. As soon as I see it, yeah. it's time to go to sleep. Now, I'm Jamaican. We have 12 hours. We're closer to the equator. So we used to have 12 hours of daylight, 12 hours of night. How is it in Poland? Do you also have daylight well, savings time? Well, wrap it in, wrap it in. You know, <laughs> it's the same thing <laughs> up here. It's the same thing up here, so, yeah. Yeah, because it's kind of on the same curve. From, mm, although, although in Europe, they change time two weeks ahead of us. So for two oh. weeks throughout the year, instead, like, uh, between Poland and U.S., it's usually six hours difference. In two weeks throughout the year, we have actually four weeks. It will be five hours difference because there's now it's five hours difference and now what another you know when, when the time comes to change the time and again they're going to be five hours difference so but that's going to be next what am i saying so it's fine i'm naturally an optimistic and happy person but i understand that when it gets dark like this many people become depressed and I can completely understand that. And that's partially why we're gonna talk about bereavement groups and um, how to join a group like that and what group like that is all about. Um, you are in one and as a uh, professional, as a, you know, a person who helps people with these situations, you're gonna tell us some of what's going on there and, and, and explain how people can get through this. I mean, let's do that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Love, Death, and Taxes. Live from Long Island, New York. Hi, I'm Ryan Adil Williams, and my lovely co-host is uh, Agnes Amasano. Uh, we are going to be talking about bereavement groups today. Uh, Agnes, uh, I understand you are in one, right? And um, the idea is uh, there's a head or a leader, or is it more of a peer group? What What is a bereavement group in, 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 in function? What is it for? Well, um, I'm a facilitator in a peer group. I am a relationship coach as well. So um, I feel like I have um, understanding of human nature and what human needs. Um, if there is, like you said, up with the, even with the seasons uh, are changing, the, the weather, uh, it's definitely influencing how we feel. How do we feel yeah. uh, with yeah. any relationship breakdown, either, either it's due to divorce or a breakup or as uh, something final as a, a death? Um, it, we are being affected uh, greatly. So um, the group that I joined, uh, it's a peer group and one of the best in Long Island. Um which I'm very proud of because I learned from the best. I went through a program that, um, you know, prepared me uh, to, to be that. And I was um, 
facilitate. I just finished facilitating one of the groups. Um, beautiful group of people, and that that I get to know, and I was very. Uh, I felt privileged that I was able to help them together with my co-facilitator. Now, I know that a lot of people will be skeptical. Do I need it? How others can help me? You know, the pain that I feel, it's only my pain and no one else can understand me. And it's very easy to fall into that just because a lot of people that is surrounding us, they don't understand what we are going through. A lot of people just feel awkward being around people that they're going through pain. Um, myself, all those years ago when I lost my mom, um, you know, came back after her funeral, two weeks after the funeral, I'm still walking around uh, teary-eye at work, and I was called into my boss's office and been told that I have to snap out of it because I make people uncomfortable. Wow. So um, I felt like, <laughs> hey, really? <laughs> um, who was on my back like I mean I was going through a rough time and uh, away from my children away from my my ex and it, 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 uh, I had a boss who basically was like look here you can't come here and even be upset you have to just focus on the work and whatever and I know we've been told forever and ever that that is the way you're supposed to handle these things but the truth is, I think we are now coming to the understanding that people might need a little help. It's so wrong. There's no such thing on snapping out of it or, oh, it's been uh, two weeks, three months. You should be acting different way. No, no, no. Are, are you with anybody's skin? Do you know what kind of relationship that person had with with the one that they lost? There are so many different losses. Either, either the parent or, or a spouse or, God forbid, a child or anyone, a best friend. There's so many different losses and people do miss the person because we don't know what kind of relationship they had. And even in a family, even in a family, everyone will have different relationship with the person. Let's say a mother, a mother who will have seven kids. There will be seven different relationships. A father who's got five children, five different relationships. And plus the relationships with the in-laws, a relationship with, with friends. People have different connections. Some people will click in and they became... Uh, um, friends best friends for for the lifetime some people they just will be okay that was nice to know nice to know you and we have, we're cordial towards each other and and then then just move on they'll be oh they pass oh you know uh, god rest their soul and then move on but um there are relationships to which we cannot just simply dismiss them in our life and then move on there's no such a thing as moving on. You cannot replace that person. You cannot just say, oh, they were here. Mm, they're no longer here. There's no such thing. If we have a deep relationship with that person, till now, all those years later, till now, I still feel sometimes like picking up the phone and calling my mother, but she's not there to, to pick up that yeah. phone. So, and, and it's been over 15 years. 
It's been over 15 years. So there are certain relationships that they cannot be replicated. They cannot be replaced. And it takes tremendous time and work to start just simply, just simply another life. That's what we call a new normal. Okay. So start, you know. So that's what the bereavement groups are to help people uh, simply continue living and to, to teach them to do something with that extra love that they have because that's right. what that's what the brief grief that's, that's what grief is the yeah, excess right. love that you have uh that you are giving to a person right now that person is missing from your life so now that love has to be directed elsewhere okay. so to learn okay. what to do with those feelings what to do with that love so the group kind of helps you do all of that i guess Yes, that's what it's all about, to find uh, tools that will help you. And the most of it, understanding. Understanding that what you're feeling, it's normal. And everyone will grieve different way. There is no such thing as a cookie-cutter grief. That some people are being told that crying is not uh, a good thing. Or you are too manly, or in our family we don't do that, you know? Yeah, I think a lot of people's grief is truncated, or or people try to tell you what your grief should be because they feel as though your grief or your being sad or your way of handling a situation, especially if you go to a group or go to a therapist, says something about them or us as a family, as opposed to that person being able to manage whatever situation they need to be managing by themselves. I think a lot of people project their their insecurities on someone who they see is openly grieving. Does that make sense? Yes. And a lot of people in our society doesn't feel comfortable around um, someone brokenhearted or someone who is crying or someone that is projecting their feelings. And the Riemann right. group is all about that, that. That's what we hear for, to listen. First of all, yeah. tell me, tell me what's on your heart, what, why it's feeling so heavy. Tell me all about it. I want to get to know that person. What was that person's name? Like when my mom passed, yeah. I think I stopped every single person who was willing to listen and I, and I needed to talk. I needed to, yeah. to, to tell that person why I'm so angry that this happened to me. Can you believe it? Why the whole wide world didn't stop? at least for a minute to acknowledge my mother. Why? Yeah. That were yeah. my feelings. Not everyone feels this way, but I felt this outrage. There are, yeah. again, not everyone feels the same way, but everyone has a story. It's important yeah. to tell that story, to be understood. And when you have a bereavement group, when you're joining a bereavement group, you are finding yourself 
between people that actually understand you the best because they're going through the same exact thing. Right. You know, right. Are, are you joining a group so that you can find similar people who are going through maybe a somewhat similar thing so they can kind of, because even though, each, like you said, each person is different, they're handling it different. There is still an undercurrent of, wow, this is how sad I am. And to some extent, these other people kind of understand because they are also sad or they are also um, grieving. Okay. Yes, it's, uh, it's about finding group of people that will give you the best understanding that they can because okay. they are going, going through this they're going through loss they're going through grief they feel what you're feeling different way it might be different way but the feeling is the same they're not giving the same person but as important person as you are going through you know you you think so it's very it's very important because again family members they're not exactly uh not always the best support group they will understand, but again, they are they didn't have exactly the same relationship as you did. Um, if you're losing your spouse, your children will be there for you, but they lost a mother or a father, not a husband or right. wife. There's different right. type of relationships that was there. Yeah, yeah. So and, and you and cannot how good or how bad their relationship was with that person, like. If I'm upset that my mother passed away, but I have an aunt who really didn't get along with her, then she's not going, she's going to be, why are you upset? Why are you so upset? Because my mother, I lost my mother. Yeah. She's like, ah, she was doing all that. <laughs> you know, so I get it. I get it. So so one of the reasons you're saying that they should definitely do it, one of, one of the, I guess, the qualifications for a membership into this group would be they definitely feeling some sort of, pain grief it's it's not well usually well the the people that i'm working with we're running course of uh eight weeks and throughout this eight weeks we're trying to uh share everything that we know to help people dealing with with a grief uh there are other groups where they keep meeting for a year every week uh, but we're trying to, the, the, the goal of a bereavement group is to create, um, you might say, uh, groups where they can support each other and they found, and they, the members, uh, they will find a way of dealing with that on their own. We're always there for them uh, to help them with anything that they might need. Uh, but it's it's important that, you have the tools and you teach others how to use those tools to move on to the new normal. There will be never normal. We're never coming back to the situation that they were in before. Right. But that's what we call a new normal, to keep stepping slowly but surely into, into the new track. So, so I guess what I'm asking is how do they get into the group? What Do they get a referral? Um, does something specific happen? How did they find you? There are advertisings uh, either in churches or in bulletins or in the newspapers or on websites. There's several different groups. Um, 
and they they will choose which one they will feel comfortable going through and um, the only requirement there is is the three months they have to come in after three months after the loss the first three months it's it's a very what's what's the word you, you feel everything very wrong, wrong. right very wrong okay. yes right. you you need time to settle to to approach a lot of things so that yeah. that first three months i don't think that anyone is really ready to start dealing with their emotions um so it's that that's the only requirement that um i've been told that there is okay so what about um denomination can they be of any denomination the jew does the jewish people feel different about the loss of a loved one than the catholics or I hear, or I, I, I guess it depends that actually that's actually a good question because if you're catholic you might think uh, your debt your your person who has passed on may be going one place. Your Jewish person might think the person who's passed on going to the other place. I understand what you're saying in that, for, in a way. Forget, that faith, forget what faith tells us. When it, you say faith. It doesn't right? matter what my faith tells me where my loved one went. I want them with me. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to be with God. I want them to be with me because human nature is selfish. It's, it's selfish nature. We want them. We love someone. We want them with us. We want them next to us. We don't want to lose their warmth, their, their love, their advice, hearing their voice. We don't want to lose that. Yeah. If we love someone, we want them with us. So no matter if there will be a rabbi or a priest or reverend or whoever to tell me, oh, they're in a better place. No, their best place is next to me. So okay. I, I do not believe, and I did experience that, and I experienced that myself. Don't tell me that they're in a better place. Don't tell me that, oh, they, they are with God now. And I have to tell you that actually very aggressively, I approached a priest that was presiding over my mom's funeral. And I told him, do not tell me she was a traveler on the, in this world and she went home. Do not tell me anything like that because she was a special person. And I, I, I assure you that a lot of people feel the same way. There were special people and they, were, and they, they belong with us. And they're supposed to be in our lives. So this is so, not such thing so, that God gave it and God took it away. Okay, okay. So you're getting into the group. Um, it's not non. It's non-denominational. Uh, what about age? What about gender? What about sex? You, you know, what I mean, is it is it are there any of those things like? this is the group of person that we want to have so we put all the women over here or we put all the men over here no why i'm just asking I don't... Do, do, do they do they grieve different way 
Well, I would think that if the grief is different, say you're grieving over a divorce versus grieving over a death, then you might split it up. Is that possible or it no? Might, it might make sense to put people that they lost their spouses in one group, ah, people see. that they love their children yeah. in another group. Ah, I see. This way, it's more understanding because if someone is sitting in the same group and talking about losing their spouse, first of all, you cannot have their children in the same group because no one will feel comfortable talking about, just imagine you're losing your spouse. Your children won't understand your feelings. They, You knew your spouse way before those children were born. So you had a relationship with that person, with your spouse before. And their feelings are so much more intimate than a child losing right. a mother right. or a father. So, right. <laughs> yes, so that they, they should not be mixed in the same group because no one will feel comfortable discussing everything. But... I'm not talking that people go into into deep details, but some people have to. Yeah, some right. people have to, you know, to 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 be to be able openly say what they miss, that they miss their embrace, that they miss uh, those intimate moments, that they miss holding hands. Not everyone will, you know. The kids might say, "Ooh, what are you talking about?" You know, right. so like that. That's that's not what. It, that's why it's important to have separate groups um, for, for that reason. Or a person who lost an adult child, how can you understand their grief? And someone else, it's losing, talking about losing a, a mother or a father way in the 80s or 90s. Right. It's different. Right. Yes. It's going to be different. So although, Pain is the same, but to discuss that, that that I I would separate people. Right. Okay, that people. Okay, so what are the goals of a bereavement group then? I mean, I'm I'm assuming you're providing support. Um, you're providing maybe a safe space for people to say things. What what are you doing over those? What did you say? Eight weeks? Was it eight, eight weeks? weeks? Yeah. So what are you trying to move from, from day one of the group to day eight of the group? How do we want to progress? What is the goal? You know, first of all, to see that life will have to continue and to teach them how. And usually... You know, first is okay. How am I going to live without that person? So, what what do you miss beside everything, beside the presence? Um, so, if it's um, some people, they just want to make something special, do something special to memorize, to make sure that everyone knows that this person is important. I'm still thinking about it. What can I do for so special for my for my mom? Yeah, I know. I know what I'm going to do for my mother. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. Okay. So be, beside, you know, doing the headstone and everything that is people that people do, what's something extra? How are we going to remember that person? Uh, and first of all, what brings to that person that is grieving brings comfort. What is it 
that you want to do? What What is it that will bring you comfort? Would prayer bring you comfort? Would a song bring you comfort? A reading a book about it? Being understood by others? Not being ashamed of the feelings that you're going through? Plus, there's another thing. There's a group of people that they have unresolved relationships. So then you have completely another issue. I I went through a period of mm, big fiery anger. So, so there are there are things that as also as uh, guilt, survivor guilt. Yeah. Or uh, someone supposed to do something, make a promise of doing something, they didn't have enough time to, to do that. How are you dealing with a feeling of not being able to say goodbye? There are feelings. So this is dealing during the eight weeks, this dealing with feelings that they were unresolved or maybe they are too deep to sometimes it takes more than eight weeks. But yeah, I would assume showing a path, showing a path, just simply right. shedding a light on that path that okay. Maybe this is the right thing. Maybe that's what you could do to help yourself. So it's, I think it's very important. Bereavement groups, I think they're a wonderful thing. And, and trust me, I can see people coming in the first few weeks. Uh, they're unsure of, this is the right place for me. Am I going to be understood? Maybe someone will just simply say, this is not the place for me. And, and then, um, you know. They won't understand. And I can okay. and there's such a big difference at the eight of at the end of eight eight weeks. It's really you know it 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 is it's not an easy job. No. It's a difficult job. It's it's difficult um to hear sometimes all, all the feelings. A lot of times I cried myself with them. It's to share that part of myself with a member of a group or trying to share their pain. But it's important. It's very important. And at the end of eight weeks, it makes me happy that I, that I was privileged to spend those couple of weeks with a group of people and when they came in, they were very sad and confused. And at the end of eight weeks, you see actually smile on their faces. Okay. Okay. That's a beautiful thing. That's what we wanna that's what we wanna see. I would assume that because it is a group of people and everybody is dealing with things in different ways, and you might even have different kinds of counselors that you may need sometimes to, I guess, nudge people in different ways. Say there is someone who is not talking at all, or there is someone who is talking way too much, or someone who is saying something inappropriate. How do you manage those kinds of situations? Because it is a group of people. How do you deal with that? Because I, I would hate to go there and have someone look at me and say, I've had this happen at a funeral. Someone said this at a funeral to me. It's like, it's not that bad, right? And I was like, what? What? This person was important to me. How do you mean you're going to tell me it wasn't that bad? So how do you deal with all the different personalities 
who may speak, who may not speak, who may be saying something inappropriate or something that, that makes it difficult. How do you deal with that? We definitely encourage to speak, but not everyone will be able to do so the first week. If they don't do it second week, you give them a little bit more time, but then you speak one on one on one. And a person who feels I, I experience different people. Some someone speaks, ah, yeah, I, I lost this one. Oh, yeah, I lost that one too. I it's, okay. Uh, we appreciate that you have understanding for everyone, but we definitely we um we have this rule that when someone speaks you let them you let them speak you do not interrupt if someone is having problem with following uh rules uh then we have a little chat you know we have a little chat and if someone feels like this is not for them they are more than welcome to leave and find a group that will be more understanding to their needs but we are very protective. I have yeah, to tell you, we are very protective of our members that they are there because you don't play, you do not play with people's feelings. Not when they are no. grieving, not when they are in pain. This is not something to play with. So, yes, okay. I think it's that very important that to. That makes a lot of sense. So it's very important to attend to, to a group, to go through, give yourself enough time to go through the whole program and see if this is for you. Because like I said, a lot of people walking in through the door, there's always a doubt. You can see that in their faces. There's always a doubt. Is it, is this is good for me? You know. Now, so, are there... Um, interpersonal relationships that happen outside of the group because of what has happened in the group? Well, we encourage for them to meet at least once a month. And there is, we, we, happily, we can say that um, there was a lot, this, uh, we had a meeting yesterday where we discovered that there, still we met people from the very first groups that we started, like when I was in training. And they're still meeting. So we're talking about groups from two years ago. They're still continue meeting. Uh, from others, I know that people that they they met uh, five years ago and they're continuously meeting. There are some friendships developed. You know, there's okay. um, one of my neighbors got engaged actually to another member. To another member. So two members of the group found one another in the group. Yes. Yes, yes, I mean, believe it or not, that I mean, it happened too. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just thinking of another show where people were meeting to do, and there were people in the group who were going there specifically to meet other people in the group because they knew that they had this issue. And so I'm thinking about that. But I, I understand the idea would be, yeah, if I'm in grief and you're in grief and you happen to hit it off as friends or as more than friends i could see how that could <laughs> could happen so that person got got engaged to someone they met in one of your your bereavement groups okay yes. so yes. they clearly got over whatever problem they were having. oh maybe they found something in common i'm not sure if they ever got married because i lost touch with that neighbor 
Uh, okay. He moved out, so I have no idea what happened. But this this is not the goal. This is not the goal. <laughs> that's, <really> the goal. <laughs> yeah. that's not one of the goals that's, of the group. To, but things do out. happen. But things uh, do okay. happen, yes. Well, you, I, and I'm thinking, okay, the idea is to reduce feelings of isolation amongst, you know, everybody who's had experience, you know, they're experiencing a certain amount of loss. And so that's basically to say, hey, look over here. This person is also having this issue or whatever. So if you meet once a week, but I could see someone easily saying, hey, I'm going to bereavement next week. Would you like to meet me after bereavement for coffee or before bereavement for coffee? And so we can talk about your situation because it sounds like it was very similar to mine or stuff like that. Is that, that welcome? That, that, that happened plus there are, there are other issues that they found in common and they, and they help each other. Not only dealing with family members that might be similar situations, mm -hmm. how to help each other either with uh, children or, or spouses or um, siblings. There are different, different situations in life. Um, but also situations as going to move, pack, uh, sometimes what, what you do with the possessions of, of a lifetime, you know, uh, going through uh, wills or just imagine there's 10,000 different things that yeah. you have to attend depending of the situation that you are in right. or finding yourself your new identity especially mm -hmm. with the loss of a spouse if right. throughout your whole life you have you being somebody's husband for 60 or 50 years of your life sometimes you have to find your new identity who are you now yeah. and other people that are going through the same uh, experiences they, they can be very helpful yeah I would think so that they, they, you and I could talk about it and and then know, you know, what to do. But of, of course, yeah, you, you, you know, you may not even think of the things that you need to do. There might be complete paralysis based on something like that. Like that, I know people who keep the clothing of their spouses for years and years and years. But a group like this might help someone understand that. Every time you walk by that coat rack with your husband's old coat on it, that that's a trigger that is keeping you sad, and so might help you in a bereavement group to like hear something like that from somebody else so that they can understand. Either that or brings them comfort. Mm. There are different feelings. There's that's what it's about grief. Each person you will have, you will have ten people, and every single person will have a different feeling but that's okay okay that's all okay right. because each of us have different personality we all have different needs we all have different relationships and we just we just process everything different way that's what makes us special okay. but you cannot look at someone and say oh it's been three months come on Let's do this or let's do that. There will be things triggering 10 years after the loss that yeah. you will remember and you're going to get a teary eye. Or that it doesn't mean that it's a bad, you know, but sometimes with when, when you think of happy 
uh, moments, you will still get teary-eyed. Mm, true, true. That makes sense. Um, wow. Okay. This, you know, I keep thinking about <laughs> the dynamics of the group and, and, and you know, how, how other members are trying to help one another. But I, I'm assuming this is a safe space. You can go in there and say whatever you feel. Do people find it unusual to talk to basically strangers about the issue that they are having? Even though, yeah, your issue might be similar to mine in that you're here for a bereavement group because you're here from grief, but they might also start to think, these people are strangers, I don't know these people. Or is that a plus? Because that could be seen both ways, right? These people don't know me so I can cry in front of them. But also, these people don't know me. I don't know if I want to cry in front of them. You know what I mean? So this is a safe environment. We are trying to create a safe environment. Number one, uh, no one goes around and say, oh, you know, so-and-so, that's what they said. That, that doesn't happen. It's a safe environment. It's protected. Uh, we don't talk about any to anyone about what we hear, what we see. It's it's safe to cry. It's safe to say whatever. And uh, if there is a, you know, if I have to start sharing first, so be it. Because mm -hmm. they need to feel that it's safe to open up. It's safe to say certain intimate details sometimes. Losing losing someone, someone close, it is very intimate. So the feelings that you are processing, it's very intimate. So it is very hard to open up. So if someone, and you know, first they'll start with basics, but then we go into details. We're going more deeper if it's needed. But we also share with them so they wouldn't feel that there is a judgment or there is um, anything shocking. And the first thing that, you know, when you're talking grief, um, you think a lot of tears, a lot of regret. You don't, you don't think anger, right? And there is me well, coming up. I was angry. <laughs> you, you know, my uh, both when hmm, it's interesting when my mother passed away. No, anger wasn't the thing. It was sadness. It was deep sadness. It was. There was a lot of regret. There was, oh my gosh, I wish I had spent more time with her. I wish I had, you know, there was there was sadness and regret. Yeah. But when I had that other situation in my life with the ex and the, no, it was, I knew I was depressed because I was sad about it, but I was also angry. I was so very angry. And I know for sure when my mother passed, I have a sibling who, he, that's how he, 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 it was managed with anger. There was, I mean, the world is going to pay for her being gone. And I was like, whoa, that is not, you know, so every person does it different ways. And I will say that men are generally not allowed to be weepy and sad and do it. So that is where they often channel their their grief or their sadness into anger i can't imagine sometimes what your groups are probably like when a, a guy comes in there and sit down and he's like super angry or i don't want to talk to you about anything i mean that that, that has to be hard it how is do you, hard it is hard, hard to get someone from that to opening up 
they, they, they found their way. They will find their way. When you see, you, sometimes you just cannot help. Sometimes the stories are so tragic or so beautiful, full of love. You, you just can't stop your tears. You, you can't. And then something breaks in you and then everything is start pouring out. Crying is good. Yeah. Crying is encouraged. Crying is it's freedom. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's freedom releases everything, cleans you. Catharsis, right? That that release and let everything go. So if someone's looking for a group and they are thinking they want to move themselves forward from grief by using a bereavement group, what would the number one they can contact me? They can count (laughs) that too. Like what about staying? Is it is is it you know? You know, a lot of times we quit on so many things because we think it's not working. Would you tell a person, listen, just just hang in there a little bit longer? Oh, absolutely. They have to give themselves a chance. They deserve to give themselves a chance. At least a week, two, three. It's, it's a must. We deserve to give ourselves a chance, no matter what we're going through. Sometimes we cannot understand our own emotions. Especially when our heart is breaking. Can you understand everything that is going on around you? Uh, it's very difficult because you're you're really in this this thing here. You can't, like in a tunnel, you cannot see everything else that's going on. And that's why I think the group is a great idea because then you can see that you're not the only one. You're not alone. That this happens to other people and that you, you are... While you are special and unique, you're not the only person going through something. Think of bereavement group as that when you are just seeing your own pain Mm -hmm. and nothing else around you and you are in a darkness, a bereavement group is that little tiny light that is shining and at the beginning, the first week, it just it just it's just there. The second week, maybe you will see three feet away uh, ahead of you that it's shining that light. That oh, th- there is something I can make a step, and I would like to think that by the end of eight week, uh, people will be able to see that light shining on the path ahead of them. Although. Some might be still in the darkness, but there is to see that light of hope that there is another path that they have no other choice but keep moving. Just keep moving with honoring the memory of the loved one. Yes. And and just simply continue living with them in their life is just in a different form, not physical, right. more spiritual, but right. acknowledging that they are still there. That makes a lot of sense. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're coming to the end of this show. I want to tell you, yes, if you are interested in talking to Agnes or you want to send an email about 
um, joining a group or want to ask more questions about a bereavement group, you send it to us at mailbag at lovedeathandtaxes.com. That is our email. If you want to talk about some other topic that we have on the show or, or you um, uh, want to suggest a topic, same place, just send it right there. Uh, as always, this show is uh, sponsored by nytaxresolutions.com. That's uh, Agnes's company, which is actually uh, tax resolutions and bookkeeping LLC. If you are looking for that kind of business right now, that's it's a good time. Um, it is small business season, people. I don't know if you know that, but it is now time to support our local independent small businesses and what they are doing. You know, Small Business Saturday is coming up. Not this next Saturday, but a couple of Saturdays from now, right after um, uh, uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, uh, and definitely would hope that you would support local independent small businesses around town. Today happens to be International Accounting Day. Uh, tomorrow happens to be veteran. So if you are a veteran, thank you so very much for your service. Uh, and uh, ladies and gents, I, I hope you have enjoyed this show and all the information that's provided here. You know, Agnes, I actually enjoyed this show a lot because I did not know. You know, you've always told me about the bereavement group and. Um, We've even had a, a couple of guests come on and talk about it, but for you to go in depth really did help me out. Thank you so very much for explaining that to you. So, ladies and gents, if you want to know more about that, that's where you're going to go. Mailbag and love, death, and tax. Would you like to say anything else before we sign off, Agnes? Yes, um, my my cousin Ivana today is her birthday, so happy happy birthday, darling. Stay beautiful and happy as you are. Okay, okay. I think I saw her. Was that Ivona? Yes, Is that, that her? her? Yes, that was her. Yes. <laughs> okay, okay, great. So, yeah. Uh, ladies and gents, I want to say thank you so very much for watching this episode of Love, Death, and Taxes. Uh, check out, check us out. Um, <laughs> wow. Am I going to even remember all the places where we are right now? We're on YouTube. We're on uh, Facebook. We're on uh, and wherever you are looking to find a podcast at this point, we are there. So I'm hoping Spotify, you can Amazon, yes. I mean, it, it, it is everywhere. It is everywhere. So uh, come and check us out. You can drive with us in the car. You can watch us on your TV. You can check us out on the phone. It's all, it's everywhere at this point. So please. And more is coming. <laughs> yeah, and too. Uh, apparently YouTube has its own Amazon um, uh, podcast channel. We'll just syndicate out to that. It's it's fascinating. Oh, and if you're looking to get your stuff out for uh, Small Business Saturday for Black Friday, if you need help with that your digital marketing, hello, I'm Ryan and Williams, and I do digital marketing all over yes. Long Island, <laughs> all over Long Island. So. You know, send send it, just comment somewhere here, all right? Or send something to Ryan at Social Markets. But regardless, have a great evening. I hope you have a great weekend, a great Veterans Day weekend. Um, and we'll see you next week. All right? Bye -bye. Veterans, we salute you. Yes. All right. All right. Okay.